Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast show. I am joined today by Fergus and James. We will start with James to you today. James, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, I mean, nothing huge from to report. Slightly making more progress for Elden Ring. Fine defeated the uh, fire giant, giant last night. So, uh, it's, 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 it's a hell of a fight, isn't it? That's in the ages, that fight. But I'm so I'm determined to beat Elden Ring. So I, I sense it is the one from software game that I actually might be able to win. So uh, I mean, luck. good good luck to you because at the end of the day, I just, I, I just gave up on the Dragon Isle and I was like, I can't I can't do it. And then if I go back now, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck are the controls? So I don't know what I'm gonna do. Ah, oh, yeah, no, definitely. But again, we are also joined by the lovely Fergus. How are you, sir? Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me again. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I ooh, what have I been doing this week? Uh, I have been researching anime for our up and coming TV best horror episode. I don't know whether to say mention what that is yet. Well, mm, okay, preview. Uh, found an anime where a guy falls in love with a zombie, and it's a slice of life rom com, but also terrifying. <laughs> um, I mean, of course. I mean, I love the fact that people loved our reaction to the the spirited away. Um, stupid, oh, like a uh, joke I not, did last week, and not uh, everything has tentacles. I mean, to be fair, though, like the majority of what we've spoken about has had some sort of like very uh, unfortunate style anime going on in it. Well, it's, it's covering interesting the the fringes of content. I think certainly. Um, oh yeah, most definitely. But there'll be more of that down the road. Um, I also went to the theater in the theater uh, in real life. Uh, this weekend, which was really interesting. Uh, I have not been to an actual play for years, years and years and years, actually. Uh, well, that, something that is not a musical. Uh, a play called The Narcissist. Um, guy aggressively WhatsApps people while advising a senator. It's really well done, actually, because like people were popping out of little iPhone-y boxes and saying, hi, what's up? And it was like, emoji uh, eggplant, this sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I also went to watch the same film. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I love watching, I love going to theatre. Um, haven't been enough, want to go more. I love how I love how inventive the set design is with that play, and with a lot of plays. It's, it's really interesting to see how they go about trying to convey a complex topic. And the way they did the set designs um, really helped to, you to understand uh, when the person was texting, when the person wasn't. It was really interesting. Mm. I mean, myself, I saw a picture advertisement for Kinky Boots uh, coming in the next few weeks. I might, uh, might go see that. I haven't, uh, yeah, haven't been to a, I haven't been to a theatre performance in a, in a very, very emphasized, dark, 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 very long time. And I was contemplating to go with you guys to that one, but it just kind of wasn't my cup of tea. But the Kinky Boots one, I, I love the film, so I thought I might go see that, the play version. So I do actually like the, uh, the musical version of that. So, obviously, you know, last week we delved into our favorite film soundtracks. Obviously, as soon as I put that video up on YouTube, the copyright hammer came down very quickly on that video, even though there was no audio. The video was copyright claimed straight away. So that was uh, very interesting. So it seems we can have video there, which is good to know for the future. Definitely good to know. Uh... I'm going to tempt audio in the future as well. Might be an interesting thing. I think once we make the uh, pixel versions of us talking a bit more reactionary, it might be a good idea to do. We probably we definitely won't be doing reaction videos, but we'll probably do like post um post reaction discussions upon it. But yeah, no. Uh, outside of that, it's been a very interesting week in the UK. I think we'll get this. I think we'll get this right out of the way right away. To be honest, so in the last week. Something major happened in the world. If you've been watching the news, if you've not, been, if you've been under a rock, you've still probably heard of this. Uh, Fergus, I think you uh, might want to headline this news item. Yes, um, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died after seventy years on the uh, British throne, uh, which has taken the nation by surprise and has. Uh, we're in a state of national mourning officially as we're recording this. Um, so, you, I mean, you cannot watch telly without being seeing something to do with it. Um, 
Well, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't go on YouTube or any, anywhere in the, to be fair, any Twitter, YouTube, any, to be fair, anywhere in the world, to be honest, pretty much has this going on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It is impossible to avoid. It's taken a lot of people uh, by surprise and a lot of people are they're currently very emotional about it. So I think we're going to largely leave that topic alone and move on to the rest of the world's events. Ironically, the news items that came out the same day, which was... I, I feel sorry for anyone trying to promote anything in this week. The worst the worst news time in the world. Some amazing content was, uh, was some bad news going about. Obviously, you know, condolences to the Queen and the family. But obviously, you know, she lived a very long life. Very long life. Very long reign. I believe it was the, was it the longest or the second longest reign? Uh, second longest reign ever. Uh, but certainly in terms of modern monarchs, the longest by far. It's just going to be weird not handing over any Queen Elizabeth II notes anymore. That's going to be oh, very man. weird. Yeah, and if you send IRL letters, stamps. Oh well, yeah, no, for about stamps. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on from that news topic. Obviously, it's really sad to hear, but we're gonna move on to some lovely, lovely news because we had a whole slew of content come out in the past week. So basically, people, we were gonna record on Sunday and then release on Tuesday, but then. PlayStation and Nintendo decided to go, ah, no, 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 get over here. We've got games for you. And Jesus, did we have a lot of games, movies, news this weekend because it was insane, insane in the membrane and insane in the world. And honestly, people, it was so weird so what we're going to do is people we're basically going to give you a bunch of news items that have gone on from the d23 so we're going to give you one game news item that came from d23 for the for the 20 minute event that happened then we're going to talk about four or five movie items and tv items that were discussed at d23 we're then going to switch over to ubisoft forward because there were some interesting games that was actually announced there uh, to be honest then we're going to switch over to playstation uh, the PlayStation Showcase that could. And then we're going to roll out with Nintendo. Because I'm going to be honest with you, the Nintendo Showcase, I wasn't really feeling it much. And then the ending happened, but we'll get to that at the end. I think you know people where we're going with that. To be honest, we'll definitely discuss that at the end. So obviously, yeah, last week we got into our favorite movie soundtracks, as mentioned. This week we're getting onto like, lovely news items. So as people, we are going to release this news. We are going to release this news like very quickly. And then we're going to give you our lovely topic episode tomorrow or friday whenever we release this episode and that topic will be what topic will that be fergus next week what are we doing next week no friday friday See, people technical technicality uh what, what, oh what, what, yeah what friday it will be cyberpunk anime um in review no what are we doing friday sorry i'm completely lost so this just goes to show people that basically we are doing this entirely new format and what happens is so we're we're our recording days have been shifted around a bit because obviously a lot of news items have come out so basically we are going to be releasing these episodes in two news and topic news item uh today tomorrow friday and then on friday when we release the episode which we're recording today it is our top five Video game weapons. Exactly. Our favorite video game weapons because there's been so much video games going on. We thought we'd slice and dice and bring you all that excellent carnage in all the video game world. And actually some weapons which don't actually count as weapons to a degree, which I'm actually quite intrigued by. I'm actually, I bet there's one or two on the other guys list as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into the we're going to get into the news now. We're going to end the episode and then for the next episode when you come along, we won't do like the main intro of how your week's been, what have you been playing. We'll probably get more into the topic a lot quicker. Also, the topic episode will be recorded. So basically, you know, the news episode will be audio only. The topic episode will be recorded on a, on a Friday to release on a Friday with the pixel version releasing on YouTube so we get the episode. So, right. We are going to get into all that lovely, lovely, lovely news. We are now going to start off with, oh, wait, there's something special else happened today. <gasps> we are getting another Tudum event, people. We are getting another Netflix Tudum event. With all the, all the reveals coming up, we're going to be getting all that Witcher news, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Shadow and Bone, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery sequel, which I've heard is 
amazing, by the way. I still haven't seen the first one. I know what happens, but um, yeah, I know James, James really enjoyed that. And Extraction 2, because I did actually quite enjoy the first one of that, to be honest. And uh, obviously, The Witcher 3 has finished production now. So we're not going to get The Witcher 3 this year. But as Jameson mentioned last week, we're most likely going to get The Witcher Blood Origin release date, which most likely will be this Christmas. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Absolutely looking forward to that prequel. Blood Origin being a prequel to a whole um, Witcher series. So a bit of untreaded territory, not really based on the books, inspired by books, but based on... Although, to be fair, the Netflix series at the moment is also inspired by the books and not based on my opinion. It's not close enough to a source material. However, very interested to see what we do with the prequels and still looking forward to Witcher Season 3. Yeah, most definitely. Really looking forward to that. And now, people, we are now going to switch over to that lovely, lovely, lovely D23 event. And the, the D23 event we're specifically talking about first is the games event. And the game we are specifically talking about is Amy Hennig's new video game, with the writer Mark Bernardin, who I watched on the podcast. Uh, why is the podcast I watch with him? Wow, that is really um, Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. And uh, yeah, he is working, and Amy Hennig are working on a Marvel game set in World War II. Now, this is going to be interesting because, basically, I should have put this in up before I actually did this. So basically, it's going to be a Captain America game set in World War II, but also in the trailer... It's not just Captain America. It's Black Panther as well. I cannot wait for this. And it actually has Black Panther's grandfather in the role. Now, I've read up a bit on this Black Panther. He's not nice and diplomatic like uh, T'Challa. Oh, no. He um he will cut people's heads off level violent. Like, don't, don't fuck with my country star, Black Panther. And obviously, this you're actually going to play as four heroes, a Howling Commando. Captain America, Black Panther, and Adora Milaje. I'm mm. very intrigued by this, to be honest, because obviously Amy Hennig is famous for doing the Uncharted series. It sounds interesting um, as a concept. Like, uh, World War II Marvel, like, it's not been completely overdone. Um, so it's definitely a concept worth exploring. You've got my interest, for sure. Um, I mean, there is one character that could appear that they haven't announced, and I'm wondering if they will. So there's one other soldier in that time period who has had links to Captain America in that time period. Do you know the hero I am going on about? Buckyballs? No, so no, it's another Marvel hero. Big Marvel hero, had his own film series. Uh, he was He's coming into the MCU soon. Well, it's a hero, so it's definitely not Red Mask. Um, oh, Captain Britain. I mean... I'm sure a lot of British people are calling for Henry Cavill to be Captain Britain, to be fair. But no, I am talking about Wolverine. Oh, um, yeah, that makes sense. Because there's even a scene in him in his Wolverine movie at D-Day. Mm, yeah, And he that... has had many, and I believe he did have interactions with Captain America in that time period as well. But again, this is a very short trailer. There's no like gameplay at all. It's literally just, you know, mm. a like a cinematic trailer. Love the concept. Obviously, this did get leaked a little just ahead of the announcement, but I think this was like the biggest game announcement from the showcase. They did announce that the um, Marvel Midnight Suns is coming out in December. So they have announced the release date for that. So I'm very looking forward to that. But this was the trailer I was most intrigued by, to be honest. Right. We are now moving along to the movies. We are now moving along to the movies, people. And my oh, my oh, my oh. Ah, it was a lovely, lovely time at the movies this this uh, this week. So basically, D23 had their 20th Century Fox, Marvel, and Lucasfilm slates shown. So it was interesting because everyone expected, everyone expected the Fantastic Four cast to be announced. We got the director, Matt, Sha- uh, Matt Shunk- Shunkman, I want to say his name is, uh, basically. So that was uh, very interesting to see. So I was very, I was, I was very happy with that. Um, they also had some obviously information for uh, so yeah, yeah, just confirm it is Matt Shankman who actually worked on one who was uh directed every episode of One Division, so he could definitely do the out there, interestingly. So I'm very happy with that. Obviously, we had um announcements for Armor Wars, Loki Season 2, Echo, um, Daredevil Born Again, which has been confirmed to not, to not be a continuation of the Netflix series, which is weird because they are using. 
the Netflix outfit, just a different color scheme, which is very interesting. Mm. I suppose an easy word just for these days is that for Netflix is, is set in a different multiverse. Yeah. And it solves the problem uh, Multiverse of Madness had with you have to have watched X number of shows to even understand what's going on here. Now, because it's in a separate universe, that is that problem is effectively combated. See, I would have liked the fact that the blip happened and it's called Daredevil Born Again. And I was kind of hoping that what would have happened was Daredevil and Kingpin disappeared during the blip. Mm. And then crime went rampant again. The Kingpin lost his empire and they're building themselves back up again. I thought that would have been a better take on it. That, would, mm-hmm. that way you could get away with the whole aspect. I'm just hoping though, we discussed it off the podcast, they bring the actor back who played who would what would have been Bullseye because I thought he was brilliant in in season three. And I'm hoping if they can't continue that exact story, they do bring him back and definitely bring it back to the cinematography team who worked on Daredevil because that was some, especially also, we're going to need the hallway fights again, aren't we, James? That's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah fight, 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 fights are great. Was it, was it not in the, it was in the prison, wasn't it? One in, um, the longest season. one, yeah. The, 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 it, obviously, there were cuts in there, but there was very creative cuts. There was a yeah. four-minute one-shot sequence of a prison fight, which was insane, which was brilliant. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the show. It's going to be 18 episodes. They don't go to production till next year. Uh, and I was, but actually, we will be seeing Daredevil coming up in another property quite soon. I bet we'll see him in other stuff coming up as well because he is on par with the other MCU's best player, She-Hulk. Moving on quickly, we had the announcement of the Thunderbolts cast. So we're getting Yelena Allegra de la... Uh, so we're getting Yelena uh, Balarov, uh, obviously from uh, uh, Belova, from uh, Scarlet Wh- uh, Black Widow, and obviously uh, Hawkeye, uh, the series. We are getting Julie Louise Dreyfus, who was in uh, Captain America Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, David Harbour as Red Guardian. Hannah Joan Kamen, who played Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which uh, is interesting to bring her back. Obviously, U.S. agent. Obviously, we were getting him back straight up. We were getting him back. The one I'm interested by, though, uh, outside. Oh, yeah, also Bucky Barnes. So I don't think this team is complete. Looking at this photo, uh, where's Abomination? Where's Zemo? Like, also, there's, there's, there's. I don't know if this is confirmed, but supposedly this might be set during the blip. So, like, the, the Avengers aren't around by this point. This is confirmed. I have to check up on the news with this myself specifically. But if this is true. It would give actually credence to actually having this team. That wouldn't that wouldn't make sense, surely, because she's been recruit. I mean, Valentina has been recruiting these guys post blip. Oh yeah, and, and Yelena was Yelena was gone in the blip as well. Hmm. I have heard the Avengers are disbanded though by the time after the blip, so that would be interesting because the Avengers are no more. Hence, why we get the Avengers going into the Phase Five and Six, well, the Phase Six movies. Uh, but obviously, I'm expecting Abomination. I thought was Abomination was going to be on the team, um, which I was kind of hoping for. Now, I'm hoping that basically with She-Hulk, maybe that's at the end it gets announced, possibly, so they're keeping some stuff in, in the calm. But yeah, moving along, we have the Marvels. So it seems that the new Marvel movie, uh, which is very interesting for these three characters, they are going to be power swapping or body swapping the entire movie and try and figure out what's going on. The thing is, though, uh, Kamala Khan was sent away from Earth, so she's never been off Earth before. So it's her, like, literally out of her element. And if you've seen Miss Marvel, I know Fergus hasn't, but Miss Marvel was brilliant, especially the family dynamic in the show. And obviously, they're going to be in it more. But I'm loving the fact that, like, it's going to be Brie Larson, uh, Tiana Parry as Monica Rambeau, and uh, Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. I'm really looking forward to the interaction between Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel because she is a well a super fan in life and in the in the show in the in the show she was in in the movie. But the idea of like this going on, like body swapping and trying to like control your powers and understand them, but trying to like a fast paced environment. I've also heard this is more upbeat this compared to the last movie, so it'll be very interesting. Quickly moving along to some other stuff. So we had a Captain America. New World Order, and we've got a villain coming back from 2008. So, have you both seen The Incredible Hulk? Um, I think so. I don't know. The one with Edward Norton. Yeah. So, at the end of that movie, a character 
starts to turn into a supervillain. Now, do you know who this supervillain is? Yes, because I've, I've, I've underrated this up. It's the leader. Yes, it is the leader. And I'm very, very happy with this. So basically, the MCU's... Uh, what is his name? Oh, I've got a display up now. The MCU's Tim Blake Nelson is coming back as the leader. And this is Captain America, New World Order. Also, Carl Lumbry is, is coming back as uh, Isaiah Bradley, who's the first captain, who's the first super soldier in the MCU. Also, we're having uh, Danny Ramirez, who's going to take on the role of Falcon, now that Sam Wilson is Captain America fully. I'm really looking forward to this, to be honest, because I believe, like, obviously, Sam Wilson doesn't have superpowers, so he's going to have to use his mind more. He's going to have to use his uh, expertise more. So it's good to go up against the leader, which is very intriguing to bring back, specifically because the leader is usually a Hulk villain. But again, loved Falcon Winter Soldier, and I can't wait for this movie. Really, really cannot, to be honest, because I, I loved Falcon Winter Soldier. It was so good. Right. Quickly moving along, quickly, quickly moving along. We had Echo. So obviously, um, Echo's coming out next year. So obviously, uh, we'll skip over that. Uh, Loki season two, people were expecting some sneaky fan casting. And I was like, there was like, oh yeah, Henry Cavill's going to be in Loki season two. Yeah, that didn't happen at all in the slightest. I mean, yeah. Uh, So we're actually going to be moving on to the properties that we're actually very intrigued by. And these are the these are the properties of Werewolf by Night and Secret Wars. I d- I don't want to talk about Ant Man people because there's some lines in the Ant Man trailer that was shown at, at Comic Con that could be classed as spoilers. So I'm, I'm basically all I'll say is if you want to see what ha- what uh, what Kang says because we know Kang's going to be in the movie, uh, go check out the lines from the movie. It looks insane what he's going to say, but again, also very interesting concept why he needs Ant Man in that movie. We are now going to go on to talking about Armor uh, Armor Wars. Oh, will we? No. We're going to talk about Secret Wars because Armor Wars follows on from Secret Wars directly. So Secret Wars. This looks fucking weird. It looks good. It's a Secret Invasion. Sorry, Secret Invasion. Why did, uh, I'm tired, people. I said Secret Wars multiple times now, but I meant Secret Invasion. I meant to talk about Secret Invasion. So this is yeah, a series um, leading into Secret Wars, maybe. Yeah, no. So Secret Invasion is basically uh, the Skrull have been on Earth for a lot longer than anticipated. This is in the comic books. In the comic books, they took on, they captured heroes and they replaced them for years. And then it turns out like certain heroes were Skrulls the entire time. Now, hmm. it'll be interesting in the MCU, who has been a Skrull? Because obviously in Far From Home... We learn that um, uh, Sam, Sam Jackson, um, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill have been scrolls on Earth, or Sam Jackson has been uh, drinking pina coladas in space. But he's come back now, and he seems to be kind of like wor- very worried what is going on in this trailer. And obviously, it, it's obviously in this trailer, we have, you know, Emilia Clark coming into the MCU, going from the Dragon Isles to coming into the the scroll aisles as we as we could basically say there's a terrible segue but i don't care this looks absolutely brilliant and it has like it has an amazing cast we are talking martin freeman olivia coleman samuel L. jackson emilia clark uh just just to name a few yeah no it does feel um top tier uh as these things go like i it looks like it should be a movie uh, really. I, was, I, was, I was just about to say exactly the same thing. I was surprised that it was a TV series, and I felt it would be uh, better as a... Well, I expected it to be a film. I don't know if it could be better. It looks really good from a show, and it's probably the show that I'm most interested in um, in watching for Marvel, because I'll, I'll be honest, I've dropped off from Marvel a little bit for the last few months, but um, this might uh, probably... Um, the concept does kind of strike me as... A license to do a bit of retconning in the Marvel universe, like, oh, we didn't like when that hero did that. Oh, they're a scroll, bin them. Now I the mean, characters changed. Sort someone, of. Someone, someone jokingly said, like, because obviously Terrence Howard played Rhodey in the first Iron Man movie. What if, like, you know, Don Cheadle is the scroll in this movie, and it turns out that's the reason why he looks different in this film. Like that would—it's it, a hilarious joke. But again, like Ben Mendelsohn in this movie as well. Uh, this movie again, yeah, this movie does look like top tier cinematic, and it looks 
I don't know. It, it just how it's shot just looks really good. Mm. Yeah, no, and, absolutely. And I believe it is only six episodes as well. So I'm yeah. hoping this isn't like a 30 minute. It's like an hour or it's like at least 45 yeah. minutes. Two and a half well, hours. I'm just going <laughs> to add one thing to the whole discussion about uh, this not being a movie. With the whole, the whole concept, to me, sounds like it should have been one of the, one of the tentpole movies. It should have been like an Avengers level uh, film. That's my personal feeling, just based on concepts alone. So I know uh, in the MCU, because obviously this is actually going to lead into Armor Wars, where basically uh, the plot of that is Iron Man's tech has been released into the world. Not, uh, not it shouldn't have been, and it's Rhodey's job to get it back essentially. So I'm wondering if that's going to link into this somehow because they're trying to get tech. We don't, or something in this, this some, we don't know when the show where they're trying to get. I'm wondering if it's the Super Soldier Serum. Like it could be like they're trying to get that or something like that because obviously there's the Super Scroll who fights the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Um, again, this 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 trailer just looks weird. I'm wondering who, because obviously it's it's going to be a who, it's going to be a mystery. Like a, a really who is who, what the hell's going on? Are they ally? Are they? Because that's the thing though. You're going to have like, are these real people in the MCU? Then you're going to have another level of are they friend or foe? And then you could have another level of. But are they faking that? And then it could be another level of, but are they really that person? It's not, it's that's what I'm saying. Like you know, it's a multi multi tier level of what's going on in this show. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be it's gonna mess with your head. And Samuel L. Jackson generally does look very worried. And also for a man in his almost mid seventies, he looks amazing. Yeah. Again, this is a subject we could probably have on our own, uh, on its own. But um, all these high grade action stars are really old now. Oh, yeah, like, uh, I watched a movie recently with Stallone, um, Samaritan. It was an all right movie, but uh, you could definitely tell, like, he, he's in his, you know, mm. coming to his late 70s now. But, yeah, yeah, no, again, moving along, people, we are now going to be talking about the lovely uh, one-off special, which I did not expect in any slight. We are talking about Marvel Studios' special presentation, Werewolf by Night. Now, I'm going to let Fergus... Start yeah, off this because right, he's got he's okay. got some things to talk about here. Okay, so I don't know if you guys follow Matt Pat and film theory at all, but a while ago there was a video that theorized that um, because Marvel's audience is now kind of being split between the young and the more mature, the films and TV shows were then also split. So there's a lot to be argued that the latest Thor film is a lot more younger audience related because of the themes and the people in the film. So this potentially is the experimentation of Marvel trying out the new R-rated cinematic universe. Um, I would recommend uh, watching the Matt Pat video It'll explain a lot more than I ever could. But after you've watched all of our podcast episodes, of course. Um, Also, it looks a lot like, you know, when Quentin Tarantino tried to do like uh, B-list Oh, Roadhouse and Grindhouse, yeah. yeah. It's not as well done. Not Roadhouse, not not Roadhouse. Grindhouse. Yeah, those ones. Those ones. And I was at Death Race is the other one. Planet, Planet Terror. Yeah. It kind of feels like that, but not as good. But I, you can very much see what they're trying to go for here. Oh, um, I don't know. I actually kind of prefer this, to be honest, because like, also this is very, um, very universal nineteen thirties horror like visuals, and also I don't know what the hell's going on in this, but there's like there's like characters like the TVA is in this. Like, obviously, uh, you wouldn't know this, Fergus, but the TVA is an organization in uh, Loki, who's called the Time Variance Authority. Like, what the hell are they doing here? Like, it's like, you know, what is going on? Because at the end of the day, like, now it's interesting because basically um, in Loki, they do mention vampires. Mm. So I'm wondering if this is like its own universe or... You know what? What the hell is going on? And also, this character here, which was a, literally a very quick shot in the trailer, this is a character called Man Thing, who's a very popular Marvel character. There was a very terrible 2005 movie based on him, but he he he, bur- he, he burns people very quickly alive just by touching them. 
And okay. but again, like also the director of this is very interesting because it's Michael Giacchino, which a lot of people were not expecting. Nine foot guy who did the music for well, he's mostly known for his soundtracks. So um, yeah, that is interesting. He did the soundtrack for Batman. If you listen to last week's podcast, he also did. Uh, he also did the did soundtracks for the Star Trek uh, movies. He did. Um, he's done a multitude of uh, Star Wars properties as well. Um, I believe he has done Star Wars, correct? And also, uh, yeah, he. Um, it's it's just very interesting because he also did like a sh- he's done a short Trek episode and he also did a short film called Monster Challenge. But again, like his dis- discography is like you know insane like the mission impossible star trek uh spider-man he did rogue one with, Ga- uh, with gareth edwards uh who plays alexander Desplat. um he did incredibles 2 um i believe i don't know if he did incredibles as well oh yeah he did the incredibles so yeah he did actually do the first incredibles movie so to go from like they must have so i'm hoping wondering if like this is like him doing because I, I heard some some interviews they're like, well, would you do a feature film after doing this? And he went, No, I'm too busy. Because to be fair, this is only an hour long. So mm. that means that you know it's a lot less stress and time. And I get it just looks fun. And uh, Gail Gail Garcia Bernal is in the role as well. So representation of Mexican people in lead roles as well. And also a lot of people are thinking, could Moon Knight appear in this? Because he's linked, he he is actually linked to Werewolf by Night, the comic book. Mm. So it'd be very interesting for that link. Yeah, but maybe. we're gonna we're gonna roll it along now, people. We're gonna roll it along. We're, we're gonna obviously, you know, they released an Andor trailer. Andor is coming out on September twenty first. The first three episodes. Loving, still loving the fact that it's only two seasons and it's going to be the five years of his life, or, or, or multiple years, and then the five years up till uh, Rogue One. So we're actually going to know what's happened there. There is Tales of the Jedi uh, trailer, which is going to follow Ahsoka and Dooku. So it's like Ahsoka being born, her being a Jedi, and then it's going to follow a young young Count Dooku with his um, a pa- a Padawan being Qui-Gon Jinn. Fun fact, uh, Qui-Gon, young Qui-Gon Jinn is voiced by Liam Neeson's son. So keeping it in the family there. Obviously, this is using like what people dub as the Clone Wars aesthetic now, which I'm... It's, it's it's its own art style in itself mm. and it's his fall to the dark side as well so i'm, I'm like also it's ahsoka after uh revenge of the sith so we actually see like uh you know padme's funeral and obviously we see like you know ahsoka there which i'd uh, be interested because when we see padme's funeral uh padme is holding the um the necklace that anakin gave her but obviously how did she get that necklace a lot of people are thinking that Ahsoka's the one who gives her the necklace so it's with her again loving this it's also it's only it's only six original shorts that will come all coming out um on october 26 so it's like just coming out at once and they're really getting to their animation content because we are getting a star wars vision season two i believe uh and i believe they're expanding it to dip not just japanese studios now so we're going to get different countries so maybe like a brazilian star mm. wars animation would be really interesting but that is pretty much it for the um, the Marvel news because obviously we didn't want to get too much into it because we're going to get into the video the vid the video games now people we're going to get into all those lovely 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 video games so obviously we spoke about Amy Hennig uh, so we're going to move on to Ubisoft now people we're going to quickly roll through this so we had a bunch of Ubisoft titles announced so we had but the ones I'm mostly intrigued by are Assassin's Creed Jade Assassin's Creed Red and Assassin's Creed Hexy. So Assassin's Creed Jade is going to be an open-world Assassin's Creed game for mobile devices set in ancient China. How do we feel about this? Very specifically to, uh, targeted towards the Chinese market who predominantly play quite advanced video games on their mobiles. Hit the nail on the head there, and it's going to be <laughs> set. It's going to explore... Uh, you're going to be able to, of course, you're going to be able to park all the Great Wall of China. It's going to be set in 2015 BCE, uh, no gameplay was shown. Two hundred fifteen BC. I'm oh, sorry, I said two fifteen, but yeah, two hundred. Sorry, two hundred fifteen BCE. I think you said two thousand. Did I? Check the tapes. No, it's fine. But no, again, like you, you definitely hit the nail on the head there, Fergus. It's uh, obviously this. I think it's an interesting fact. You know, a lot of people have been calling for an Asian based assassin's creed game for a long time we'll talk about that more in a second Mm. but the fact that the first chinese assassin's creed game is mobile based i think that's very very smart of them to do yeah they've done their research they they have they have their data and um 
they're very clearly using it oh yeah very 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 much so but obviously that's that's a ways off yet we don't actually have a re- announcement release date for that yet but i'd actually be, but the fact it's open world as well it does intrigue me because i'm that's the control scheme about the hoping for maybe controller support most likely mm, there's quite a lot like you can play genshin impact uh on mobile with very little problem uh in terms of control schemes i think us in the west have got very used to the manual button c- control schemes and if you've grown up with mobile touch based i think you you just react a bit differently. I think there's some clever stuff going on with control schemes, but um, so I don't play a huge amount of it because I have a PC. <laughs> I think I think with Xbox Cloud, though, and obviously being able to play on your mobile devices, so you can actually like hook up your Xbox controller to uh, um, your mobile to play. I think that would be a good way to play it, and also and also, you know, I think a lot of people are used to playing with controllers, so I think having that ability would be interesting. Yeah, it's, it seems like an, a step to that kind of undermines the entire concept of having a mobile phone. Like, if you're going to hook up your controller and you're I mean, in your house anyway, you might as well hook it up to the TV. That's to be fair, though, mobile. you know, it could be a case of they could put this onto console as well, or maybe, like, uh, maybe at least, like, laptops or, like, you know, web-based version, possibly. Or um, t- a tablet, you know, mm. 10-inch tablet. This would be good for that, I think. Yeah, I mean, it entirely depends what they do with the controls because, I mean, you've got motion controls on phones and oh, other God. controls that you wouldn't necessarily have. Like, yeah. shake the phone to get away, run away from the whatever. You know, I think I, I I think that's the one because I that would that would break a lot of phones. I think, especially with Assassin's Creed Parkour, that would be like, <laughs> you know, slam your phone on the ground to stab this person silently. Assassinate, assassinate. Them. Original Wii style. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but no, moving along, we are now going to talk. So that was Assassin's Creed, code name Jade. Which is very interesting. They did code names for these. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon, Derek. Codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller Available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. So we're now moving along to Assassin's Creed, code name. Uh, we're in, uh, uh, Red, which is the um, which is going to be the what would you call them? The platform or like the you know the the basically the the big title. It's mm. it's it's the big title, and it's going to be set in feudal feudal Japan, and it's going to be helmed by Watch Dogs oh. Legion director Clint Hoking. Now. I'm loving this because, right, so we had God of War Ragnarok, and then mm. we had um, Valhalla. Then we had Ghost of Tsushima. Now we've got Feudal Japan. I'm waiting for the next big, like, because obviously we had a lot of Nordic-based games. We've had a lot mm. of J- Japanese-based games. I'm waiting for, like, the big time period game to come out, and then Assassin's Creed to be like, that's our next era. That's our next era thing. Following the trends. I mean, fair. I mean, I like, I've been, like, this, obviously, this is, like, Assassin's Creed, codename Red. I've been looking forward to this for such a long time. You, you will play as a Shinobi, obviously. Yeah, I'll be up for playing this. I haven't played an Assassin's Creed in a while. Um, <sighs> they, they got too, right. It's weird to say this, but they got very ambitious, but in the wrong way. Mm. Like, they, there's so much to do. There's too much. Right. Okay. Like I like, and this is actually something they're actually talking about in an article we'll talk about in a second from IGN. But yeah, obviously I'm hoping that they actually like pull it in a bit, make make the areas more condensed, more dense, but don't make the world so large. Like mm. they've they've done things with Assassin's Creed like Origins, where basically you can set it to education mode and go around Egypt and and learn about Egyptian history, which is amazing. Mm. Yeah, no, but, it's, it's something the uh, series prides itself on is um you know, historical accuracy and stuff. Yeah, but I think I think it just got too big. Love the game series. I still haven't completed um, Valhalla. I completed Odyssey, and, and I also completed um, uh, Origins, but I didn't complete Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still need to go back to that, though. 
So, and then we had Assassin's Creed Hexy, which is set during the 16th century witch trials. Oh, again, very intriguing. Um, yeah, anything to do with witches is interesting. Well, to be fair, though, like you, you have stuff like assassins and stuff like that. And having that there, it'll be interesting because, like, could the assassins be the witches? Could the Templars be, like, you know, manipulated situation? Though, to be fair, with Assassin's Creed, they have got more mystical. So they have, like, got more mystical creatures appearing, like the Sphinx and, like, uh, Valhalla, literal Valhalla and Odin have been in the games now. Um, mm. Could they go witches? Could they go that route? Could Could they make a mystical Assassin's Creed game? I think... Basing a game around what murdering witches could get them very, very banned very quickly on the internet. So true. You'll probably play as a witch. Murdering priests would probably go down a lot better. As yeah. bad as that is to say. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the 16th century, though. So, like, uh, still, still. Hmm. We will see. People will we see. Will Again, see. you know, we will see. And then, speaking of linking to Valhalla. We had the first trailer for and also and gameplay footage or, or, or sorry, um, more information, sorry, for uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is going to be set in the ninth century Baghdad, following wow. Basim Ibn Ishaq. Um, uh, again, very, in, very interesting. They're bringing out all of the hits to this week, aren't they? Um, oh, very much so. Very much so indeed. Like, honestly, I'm, lo- I'm loving the fact that this is. Um, this is happening. Also, uh, in the trailer, I do have to uh, look this up very quick because I need to make sure her name's correct. His mentor is voiced by someone that me and James have seen a lot. We are talking about Shuri Agdashlu. Now, I hope I pronounced her name correctly, but she is from The Expanse. Now, I love this actress. No, no, she was, she was um, amazing in The Expanse. So uh, she's, she plays uh, the person in charge of the un of earth yeah she she plays the president uh i'm just looking That's for cool. the name now specifically so just gonna quickly find that now because i really should have had that up beforehand she plays a uh uh, uh Sarala. that's it president Ava Sarala. and i love as soon as soon as her voice appeared in that trailer i was like oh my god 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 this is gonna be very interesting but i'm not gonna spoil it because you know I didn't even know this happened in the um, the games itself, so I kind of spoiled myself. But turns out that uh, Basim has a link to the next Assassin's Creed game, which I didn't expect, which is Valhalla. Now, I'm very intrigued by how that will play out. Oh, uh, how how much do you know history? Because uh, I have got quite a few theories on this one. Uh, firstly, being able to jump around Baghdad early Baghdad is going to blow people's minds because I think people's impression of Baghdad as it is now, as it was then, it just, wow. But there's a lot of theories, again, this could be completely wrong, but uh, from my historical knowledge, there is a lot of theories about um, marketeers from Baghdad interfering in the early history of Norse mythology, basically to scare them away from raiding their uh, trade routes around the Mediterranean and North Africa. Getting that history, people. Yeah, again, like this is probably going to possibly upset people or blow people's minds, but um, because of the way Norse mythology is kind of created, uh, it's entirely possible that... It was recorded, then sent to Baghdad, and then reiterated by a merchant who ended up uh, hanging out with some early Viking traders. So what we know now as Norse mythology is a corrupted version that went through Islamic Baghdad in maybe like the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth century, is this? Um, So, unfortunately, I cannot... cannot say any further because who will know what happened in the game pretty much uh, well, I, this it, is it, it, all it, it, like it, very it, theoretical history it will literally happen no it's there's a there's a specific narrative path that's going to happen because this is set 20 years before Valhalla so yeah. it's very interesting how they play. also there are rumours now we don't usually play on rumours here people there are rumours that they are remaking Assassin's Creed 1 
Oh, yeah. And obviously Baghdad would be a great way to actually work on that because obviously, you know, gen- generalist is the same. It's, it's roughly the same, the same area. territory. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to talk about my geography because really people attacked me, attacked me before for that for being absolutely terrible at that to be honest. But yeah, so the interesting thing is though, like speaking before about how like Assassin's Creed is so big, they did talk about how they don't want to make massacre they, they, well they want to make more focused games this is coming from ign uh has said its current approach to game development is approach to projects with focus to show each game is honored to its target audience uh, a recent press briefing vice president of editorial uh fazi mesmia spoke as part of a presentation about how focus rather than broad ideas was an important part of the editorial broad board's current development process and in a subsequent interview with IGN, he expanded on that idea, saying that the company doesn't want one game to be do everything. Uh, we want to be okay with making a decision around the one game and go, uh, we're going to go for that and we're going to commit and we're going to be okay that it can make those kind of people happy, but maybe not everyone. And that's okay, he said. We believe that a more focused game is better for the people that like that kind of game. When asked if the uh, stealth-focused Assassin's Creed game Mirage was an example of this, Mesmer confirmed that the series was part of that strategy and the franchise at large was a good example of the approach. So I'm very intrigued by this because, again, like to put in perspective, the Assassin's Creed games can take over 150 hours to complete. Mm. We're talking Witcher level, not with the DLCs, but... And even then, I had a hard time completing a lot. In Odyssey, I had a lot of hard time. In Valhalla, I didn't complete it because there was, there was so much to do. With other games coming out, even I had to go, I can't do it. It's just There's just too much. And I think making... Because the first Creed game wasn't massive. It was a good size. But I think having more condensed story would be good for these games. Would be really good. Because also, I still want my modern-day Assassin's Creed game. I'm still surprised they haven't done it yet. Mm. One day. Yeah, one day, people. One day indeed. Right. So we're now going to come off the Ubisoft. We're now going to do a little sneaky, sneaky little presentation because I don't think James has seen this news. He might, he might have done. So it seems we're not just getting one Witcher game. We could be getting an entirely new trilogy. I, I have not seen that. Uh, but it's very interesting. Uh, I'm still curious to know exactly what angle they take with it because personally, I would love to have a uh, a prequel set of games. Maybe play, you know, someone like Vesemir, perhaps, in his uh, youth. I wondered, and maybe it's... Because you did... Also, uh, it was it you or someone else basically talk about the, the houses, so having, like, you know, custom witcher sort of thing? That would be a big great idea if you were able to um, do exactly that. Choose your own house, uh, customise your witcher. They they perfected that in... They did a good job of it in Cyberpunk, where you played... Oh, I suppose, again, it is, it is a... No, I mean, you're right, so in Cyberpunk, you do still have a character that CD Projekt Red has um, fleshed out and, and, and maps out, but you can still imbue, uh, you can change the back, stuff like the background, for instance. There's still a lot of aspects in which you can customise yourself and it still works. So I'm sure they could uh, find a way to make it work. Maybe not give you full customization on your Witcher, but uh, certainly a lot more than, make, than making uh, one fully um, character, uh, one fully already mapped out character. Mm. I'm wondering if this is going to be any crossover between The Witcher and um, Cyberpunk. Um, so I know there is the famous reference uh, that Siri makes in towards the end. Uh, it's just an Easter egg in my opinion. I don't know. Like I'm properly up for uh, playing as Siri with her powers in Night City. To, to, to be fair, it would. It, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it would make sense because uh, she can basically just jump, jump through time. Uh, and dimensions and all that stuff but going off the ign article a cd project red studio president and joint ceo adam uh kaczynski has hinted at a possible new trilogy of which games to be kicked off by the previously announced new entry speaker during the company's latest earnings call kaczynski affirmed the developer's previous announcement that the witcher 4 for lack of an official title will be the first game in a new witcher saga but went on to hint that cd project red considers a saga to be free games so this would be interesting. Oh, sorry, this this is the quote. We said there will be a new saga, of course. Now we're pre-producing the first game of this saga, but we have in mind more than one game. So the first saga compromised three games. Uh, so comprised three games. So now we are thinking about more than one game, but we are in pre-production on the first from the second Witcher saga. Huh. Now, it could just be a continuation of series story. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, but from my point of view, 
I'd be happy with a prequel. I'd be happy with maybe like after after Geralt's gone, like because obviously he'll be around for at least another hundred and twenty years. Because obviously witches live a long time. If I'm correct, they live at least to two two fifty. I say, James. I love the series, but I'm not uh, so nerdy about it. But I know those facts off by heart. I'm not sure, but they live a long time. That's all I can. I can tell you. Yeah. Sure. So maybe they find a way to create witches again. Or like some version of witches again afterwards, and then they start up the schools again. Maybe maybe Siri's the one who to start up the the new schools, and then it's a bit later down the line, and she's like the grandmaster of all the schools. I'm I'm just coming with fan theories now, people basically, but like a custom witch and making it more personal to the character essentially. Because uh, also, you know, you play these characters and you don't want to ruin the story for them, so making a custom character would be good in that sense. But again, there's so much you could do with this universe and going forward. So it'll be very interesting to pull off. Right, that was a very quick thing before we move on to the uh, the final two topics of the evening, which is the Sony PlayStation and also Nintendo Direct. We'll start with the PlayStation um, uh, event. Did you guys see many of the trailers for the event? Yes, I have uh, just caught up uh, tonight with, um, I think, most of them. I don't know if I've missed a few. So... I saw all of them, but only really two caught my attention. Mm. That was uh, Rise of the Ronin and obviously the last trailer, but we'll get to that in a minute because everyone knows, like, everyone was expecting that trailer in the, to end it. But Rise of the Ronin, though, I was very intrigued by this trailer. It's uh, by Team Ninja. Uh, so Team Ninja is known for... So this is really helpful if I actually brought this up beforehand. Team Ninja is known for the Neo series Wulong, the game coming out, which is interesting because they've got the Wulong game coming out, which mm. which would be cool. But they're also announced another game alongside that. And obviously, the problem for me is though is that they do these games and I'm shit at them. <laughs> but they have done the Ninja Gaiden series in the past, so maybe it isn't going to be a Souls like game. Oh yeah, I remember Ninja Gaiden. It was just. <sighs> Regret purchasing it because I couldn't again one of these things where I couldn't get past the first boss. Um, Dead or Alive's good though. Uh, what else have we got? Hyrule Warriors. Oh, they did. Oh, they did Hyrule Warriors then. Okay, Fire Emblem Warriors, in, uh, co-developed with the Mega Force though. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping, like maybe it is going to not be a um, a Souls-like game, but it does say in the description, uh, "Stars of Ronin and Samurai Without Master carve your way through enemies." Like. It's going to be more of um, Carve Them Up. I can't remember what the official name for them is. It was a big trend back in the day of you versus a thousand enemies and one swing of your sword and that'll... Oh, Dynasty Warriors type game. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm hoping it's more of that kind of... I think this is more of a personal story, to be honest. Like, Because from the, from the looks of it and the visuals alone, it does seem to be very... Um very narrative heavy to be honest and now after ghost of tsushima i'm all up for more like more of this to be honest like so much more yeah no there does seem to be um a trend for your early japanese history samurai i say it's, it's interesting that it's always well it's always ronin rather than samurai there is a historical reason for that but we're not getting into that here <laughs> no no we, we won't be getting into the hair people again looks very interesting also like some of the combat itself does look very souls like like having to take on a certain group of enemies at once also there is ranged combat as well which is interesting so that'll be very very interesting to have yeah so, it's um the portuguese um guns which is actually yeah. quite uh, very um was very influential in not tom, uh, not tom cruise not tom cruise no um again could go into a lot of history um again That's still an amazing film though people i don't care when it was that is an amazing movie yeah yeah no it's um it's a period of massive change for japanese history so there'll be a lot there'll be a lot of his like big historical events going on i imagine that you'll be involved with and jumping around and yeah quickly moving along people so uh before we finish with the big one for myself um i'm not a fan of fighting games at all but i saw the tekken 8 trailer and i actually really liked the visuals of this trailer it looked amazing just the cinematics to be fair and i thought i thought it was very i thought it just looked like a gorgeous trailer to be honest uh, again i'm not I, i'm wondering if maybe this is actually gameplay and if it is jesus christ Mm. this is this is next level i'm wondering like if it's their proprietary engine or if it is unreal engine 5 but like i also love the fact that like he pumps his muscle before he punches i think that's a 
hilarious. But again, love the love the look of this trailer. For it's very funny. For it's very interesting. And yeah, uh, what about yourself, Fergus? Before we get into the final one, which I'm going to talk about, uh, Tekken's great. I'm not very good at the fighting game scene myself, but I know people who do live and die by fighting games. Like they will be analysing this for frame data and hitboxes and you know that sort of level of stuff. So if you're into it, you'll enjoy it. If not, then hopefully there's a ramp of uh, difficulty that you can sort of you know train yourself from a noob level because some of these like, more hardcore fighting games don't tend to be particularly noob friendly but we want games to be open to everyone if you want to start fighting games please let us do it <laughs> i mean yeah we'll, we'll, we'll fight you we'll, we'll, we'll fight you oh mate <laughs> uh so any other trailers from the event that you were interested in fergus to be honest i was a little disappointed so the a lot of the production quality of some of the games, so they were quite badly voice acted, lack of facial animation, fairly generic looking JRPGs for the most part. There were some really good games that um, we've not covered here, but won't cover. Again, with the same sort of samurai fighting theme. But the one you've got queued up is the other one that did catch my attention. Uh, it looked like a very high quality game. I don't Stella know I don't know anything about it. I can say that the logo looks doesn't look great. I thought yeah. this was I thought this was called Shelter Blade at one point. Yeah. I had to go check it out. It was called Stellar Blade and yeah. Oh, it looks interesting. This but... may have been one of the ones I insulted. Yeah. The facial animations aren't great and the voice acting was a bit eh. But it looks overall quite a generally stylish and fun game. I believe this was the one that was called Project Eve at first, and then it became the game. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, Project Eve, and then it turned into Stellar Blade. So yeah. Right. But of course, people, we're going to round out the PlayStation Showcase with the with a game that everyone is waiting for. We have two months, people. We have two months left. Though supposedly there are the games already leaked, and there's spoilers out there. So avoid the internet if you if you're worried about this game, people. We are talking about boy. We are talking about the Ragnarok people, the end times for the Norse mythology. We are talking about God of War, Ragnarok. This game looks just incredible. Like, mm. again, I can't wait for it. Obviously, this is literally two months away. People have been hungry for, like, proper, like, more footage from this game. And it's for the uh, the, the voiceovers by Odin, like... There's a, there's a line in this trailer. I actually wrote this. I actually wrote the line in this trailer down. It's Death can have me when it earns me. That is a mm, that is a line for a video game character, which is just like that. Don't fuck with this video game character. Essentially, you're gonna fight. You're gonna fight hard. Yeah. And all, and also, this is the end of the this is the end of the series for that for this mm. for this for this time period, which I I've I've seen in previous podcasts is very interesting. Two games you'd expect three. Typically, it's three. Yeah, I'm surprised they went for just two. Um, it would feel that something like this would have enough material. But, but maybe they realised two was good enough, which is good. Which just goes to show they must have like taken very great consideration going into this game if they decided, no, two's good enough. I mean, the hype behind God of War in general as a franchise is just massive. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we were seeing movies and TV series of this well into the next decade i mean obviously we had our fan castings people i believe mine was uh, dave batista for the lead role for this uh but again like this also and they've they've improved the combat so much of this game but again really looking forward to it i guarantee guarantee you are going to use mjolnir in this game like there's no way that the mjolnir is in this game with thor and you do not wield that hammer and obviously the hammer is a collector's item like coming with the console so you, there's no way you can hold the hammer in real life and you don't wield that in game i don't know people i'm just hoping that that is the case you you have the life and blade the, the chaos blade uh the blades of chaos and the, the mjolnir lightning fire and ice you know that would be just insane i also just love the fact that thor is chunky like in mythology i think that's brilliant but that, that's that's the that's got a war Ragnarok people. That was the final trailer. Just loving that indeed. But moving over to Nintendo as our final news item. We only said this was going to be a forty minute episode, but you got a nice long uh, hour episode for the news because we had a lot of news to cover this week. To be honest, in video game and movie land, mm-hmm. we are talking about not Breath of the Wild two, not Breath of the Wild the sequel. We are talking about people, the Legend of Zelda 
Tears of the Kingdom. This looks stunning. And just to emphasize, people, we have a release date, and that release date is May 12, 2023. I cannot wait. I tell you, I was watching this with someone, though, and they said, oh, my God, it's a Wind Waker remake at first because they saw some of the uh, the um, the footage at the beginning. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is uh, this is this is the big boy that everyone's been waiting for. Because I'm not going to lie. The Nintendo showcase was. How did you feel about the Nintendo showcase, Fergus, initially? Um, honestly, better than the PlayStation showcase. Um, but that that maybe reflects my opinion on the PlayStation showcase more. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff to definitely look out for. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Pikmin 4, Zelda, of course. Uh, gosh, GoldenEye? GoldenEye is going to be hype, although there are some concerns about the uh, controller mapping for that. Uh, but I'm sure they all do a brilliant job. God, what else was there? I literally just watched them as well. Hold on. But again, like just looking at, yeah, as Fergus brings up some of the, some of the games list there, Breath of the Wild was the game that got me through a tough time. And it was such a beautiful game to play. And I still hate the fact that I got through 70 hours of that game, halfway through the game, not realizing I could have a horse. So uh, right at the beginning of the game, which I still find hilarious to this day. I also love the fact in this trailer, like in the previous game, you actually come out off the ground, underground, and you, you see the world. You come out of the doors in this and you just leap off the world. My concern is going into Breath of the Wild 2 or Tears of the Kingdom, as it's called now, is the Switch going to be able to handle the performance of this game because um yeah that is going to be an interesting one uh because it's a nintendo own produced game i'm hoping they'll have a very intimate knowledge with the nintendo switch uh i'm letting them unleash the power um that is needed although it's probably going to be a fairly similar bar to the original breath of the wild probably yeah, this does look better than breath of the wild because eh? it is going it will be seven years later yeah the software, I guess, optimization has improved a lot in that time. So the thing is, though, I noticed from the Nintendo Direct there wasn't a lot of um, like graphics-heavy video games shown, and even if they were, like we'll talk about briefly, the Resident Evil games, they're cloud-based. Ah, so, right. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's that's my concern is that will like are we going to get the Switch Two announcement or the Switch Pro announcement mm. before be, this comes out? That would be mean. That would be mean. Oh, well, by the fair, way, though, you're going to have to rush and get this very limited edition Switch 2 to play this game you've been hyped for for the past year. To be fair though, Fergus, the Switch came out with the with the last Zelda game. Yeah. Which was... Um, but they announced some... them at the same time. They didn't, like... It was, a, this is a Switch 2 and this is our launch title. I mean, I the thing, like, the Switch came out 2017. So by the time that comes yeah. out, it would have been seven, almost seven and a half years. You've got a point. And that, that's a long time for a console, like, life cycle. Yeah, I mean, they retired 3DS after about 10 years, I want to say. So, so maybe, because I believe Breath of the Wild was on the Wii U. So, yeah. Like, so maybe it's a case of they have the new Switch come out, and this will be this will be the next like game where it goes, okay, Breath of Tears of the Kingdom, and then on to the next platforms. So at least everyone gets to play it. But... I'm wondering in January or maybe at the Tokyo Game Show or because um, that's this weekend oh, yeah. uh, or, or, or <sighs> next weekend. So we'll have to cover that, people, next yes, week. absolutely. That's always a crazy one. And then also, like, you know, we'll probably have some more game shows before coming out. So I wonder if they're going to announce this, to be honest. So we, we will see. Mm. Again, been waiting to been waiting to find out the name of this coming out next May, which I'm hyped for. And we will find out. But... Uh I was going to briefly mention the other thing that caught my attention. Go ahead. Not caught my attention from the Nintendo Switch, and that'll be Atala Rise 3, Alchemists of the End and the Secret Key. Uh, quite an interesting-looking JRPG. Uh, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, PC, uh, via Steam. Um, kind of looks Genshin Impact-like, but without all of the microtransactions and the annoying fairy that follows you around. So if you're into Genshin, I would look at this for sure. Yeah, no, again, like, you know, I don't know. I was just, I was a bit, like, dis dis dissuaded by, like, the, the Nintendo Direct. But get, to be fair, though, Nintendo mm. isn't my major console. But I, I, again, like, just getting, like, I love the fact that we got GoldenEye. I thought that was hilarious that we're finally getting that. Um, 
loving the fact that we're finally getting um, the Breath of the Wild 2 or Tears of the Kingdom uh, mm. trailer. And obviously Bayonetta 3 for the Bayonetta fans out there. So obviously yep. there was the announcements for that. Bayonetta wasn't hugely my thing back in the day. But again, loving the fact that people are getting more uh, footage of that, to be honest, and, and actually get to play that soon, I believe, actually. So, yes, uh, that is it, people. Oh, so much news. Yeah, they just, like, the games uh, just keep coming, don't they? And that's the thing. We got the Tokyo Game Show coming up, and it's just it's just insane, to be honest. Just insane. Ah. Oh. I just breathe. And now, and now, people, we're going to end this part of the show. So this is going to be an episode to itself. So we're going to do the old uh, outro. We're going to give you the, all the contact details. But look forward to the next episode, which is going to be our favorite video game, Weapons. So we'll be recording that and look forward to that on Friday and also the animated version of that as well. But people, we're now going to do the outro for this episode. So if you enjoy listening to the news this week, um, please feel free to contest, uh, contact us with any questions, queries, compliments. What was your favorite uh, game scene from the t- from the um, PlayStation and Nintendo Direct? What was some of the stuff that you loved from D23? Is there any games that you enjoyed there? Maybe there was that uh, Mickey Mouse game that um, was shown at the uh, Nintendo the um, for Nintendo Switch that was shown at the uh, D23, or um, the racing game that was also shown as well. I can't remember the name of that specifically, but also what what were some of the Marvel announcements you kind of hoped to expect or do you think we're getting any, you know, more Marvel news summer coming out? Do you think Zemo will be dancing his way into the event, into the Thunderbolts as we go down the line? Or will Abomination be coming there? Make sure you to do that by contacting us at nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. We'll leave the, we'll leave the email in our, um, our streaming services uh, that you listen to so you can email us there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NMICast. Make sure to do that there. Uh, follow, give us a follow, give us a like. If you have any, uh, maybe tweet us or, you know, DM us on those platforms. We'll reply to you there. And then we'll read it on the next episode. I've been your host, Nate. I want to thank Ferguson James for joining me today before we go into part two. But uh, obviously, I want to thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having me once again. Yeah, it's been good, Nate. Excellent. Right, people. We're now going to end the episode. Look forward to the next episode as we go on, people. We will speak to you next week. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.